Welcome, my friends, to the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, find our sweet spot, and planting our seeds to watch them grow in our magic garden. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? Welcome to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. This is another one of those special episodes for my Mount Rushmore of Havening in, in advance of the Worldwide Havening Conference that I'm going to be speaking at. But these people are amazing people. Louise and Mike Carmi really do belong on any Mount Rushmore related to Havening and how the healing, they're worldwide travelers, and if it wasn't for the Rudins, I definitely would have said that they were the first family of Havening because what they've done, including their daughter and how they have integrated it into their lives, they really have changed thousands of lives, and that's butterfly effect has really just incredible. So how you doing, Louise and Mike? I thank you so much. David, thank you for thank what you, an introduction. Grass. Lovely introduction. <laughs> that was amazing and actually brings tears to my eyes. I feel really emotional. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, when we've known each other six, six years, we've had lots of conversations, lots of fun conversations, some less fun just because of this uh, situation, my situation in life in general. Uh, but I, you know, I really think the, the world of you guys and all the work that you've done. So the, the biggest question is, well, how did you find about Havening? I, I know you have all right. the connections of, of the initial, you, you, know, you really are one of the initial people uh, who's, you know, the, the, the foundation was built on. So Mike and I are friends with Paul McKenna, genius therapist who was instrumental in that first discussion that Dr. Ron Rudin had in Central Park in about 2000 in in introducing the idea of touch in a different way as being part of healing. <clears throat> and Paul said at a conference that I attended, to, gosh, 2012 probably, said that he was going to do this in this new modality in May 2013. And he was saying, you guys have got to be there. It's going to be a special event. There are going to be therapists, doctors, coaches, and this is going to be world-changing. So that was the, I mean, how can you get a better introduction to a modality <laughs> than that? Yeah. And, and so sadly that weekend, um, I had, um, I had childcare responsibilities with family, so I couldn't go, but, but Michael and our daughter Debbie went to the first ever havening training in in the UK and, and the first, really the first one in the oh, world, the first official yeah. training in the world. And they came back so energized, so impressed that that was the beginning of the change of our lives. We had retired in theory from being. Michael, a medical doctor, and me, a, a child protection specialist and, and community nurse manager. So we'd retired. Little did we know that <laughs> those two days <laughs> would mean that, I mean, now at the age of 74 and 77, I, I am say, still saying I am working towards retirement <laughs> with the emphasis on working because havening is so 
amazing, so addictive. It is. It's very, it, it's <laughs> life-changing. That's the critical thing, that it really changes people's lives and it enables them to get rid of things that have been hanging over them for the whole of their life. And yeah. yeah. um, Louise is the most proficient havener I know, uh, apart from Ron, and she work, does some fantastic, absolutely fantastic um, treatments. We Together we've trained over 150 trauma specialist in in australia i think that's another story <laughs> but the, the 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 reality is the impact of that simple experience that seemingly simple experience is is so profound that it's 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 very difficult not to do it and therefore i think we're addicted to havening as much as other people are addicted to other 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 things so, yeah, no, I, well, I, I think right. I, I think you guys are addicted to havening, which is not a bad thing. I mean, even I, re- I remember so when Michael just mentioned the uh, Australia. Not only were you the first people to bring havening to Australia, and now there are tons of practitioners in Australia because of you. Uh, there's also, you know. I'd love to hear the story again about your cruise, right? You were on a personal holiday uh, and then you decided you were talking about havening and, and your passions around it. You gave a presentation on a cruise. Yeah, that, that was was, on that yeah. was on one of the trips. So the first havening training we did in Australia had four people. It was worth it. Yeah. And, and then on one of the later trainings, we decided, or Michael decided to try and give me a holiday that he booked without much discussion he booked a six-week cruise back from Fremantle to to London well it was Perth yeah well Perth the the dock was Fremantle okay and (laughs) so 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 that meant that we had six weeks on board of a ship with little access to technology a very small 800 passenger ship yeah nice little boat which was wonderful and the the woman who was responsible, the, the director responsible for the entertainment was missing a, a person didn't get on who was supposed to be getting on. And she heard me talking with a, a small group of people, Must it might have been in a bar, if I'm honest, uh, about Havening. And she said, oh, that sounds interesting. Will you come and just do, just let me interview you and your husband for like half an hour at one of my regular 11 o'clock slots. So we did that. There were maybe 200 people in the audience <laughs> and um, and we got them self-havening. And the, in that evening, there was a, a message over the tannoy, will Louise Carmi please come to reception? And I thought, <laughs> oh, no. And what the, the cruise director was called, Katie, what she said was, We've had a phenomenal, a phenomenal response to what happened this morning. So can you come back and do a, a proper session? So that's what we did. So we had another, well, actually more than that, but we did a, a proper session in the in the you know in the auditorium with again you know, two hundred odd people and show, demonstrating havening and again getting them into self care and, and so on. And then 
people because it was a small ship people recognized us yeah, and they were like come when you were having a dinner <laughs> so can we can we ask you about this that and the other so i actually ended up doing a a, a, a seminar on pain and about 30 odd people came to that one and at the end of that session one of the chaps who was there said this is really weird we've not done anything except you've you've been stroking your arms and talking and the pain that I've had in my neck for years <laughs> has, has gone. Yeah. So, so we made, we made huge friends on that and it was, it was a total pleasure because yeah, the, you know, the engagement with the, the crew and, and the small ship meant that it felt like by the time we got to, to Tilbury docks in London, it, it, you know, they felt like a big family. So, and that's part of that, sense that havening has given us it's actually having a worldwide family yeah no definitely i mean we've had dinner at, we would have in the world of who knows how we would have ever connected uh yeah, you know true. we would have never connected uh, if it wasn't for havening that's you know again i have lots of gems when i talk about gems you are definitely you and michael are definitely one of the gems of havening and but also uh, uh, such an added to my life and i, I really appreciate uh, the time that you've given and our friendship, uh, you know, where we've had those movie nights and we discussed about movies and found yeah. so much about uh, Mike and, and his love of trains. And when you've come yeah. here to the United States. Yeah. Oh, it goes both ways, David. Yeah, you know, we, absolutely. We treasure your, our friendship with you too. Thank yeah. you. So, that, so, I, so when you first found it, Obviously, from the first thing, what was the thing that brought you in, Mike? And I guess I will maybe. Well, actually, what it was was that Ron claimed in his book that Havening dealt with somaticization. Somaticization is basically any state that a patient has that a doctor can't explain. So we say it's psychosomatic as an explanation, because we can't explain it. Um, and I thought, I've got to go to that. I mean, apart from the fact that Paul had asked me, I thought, I've really got to go to that, because I want to find out about this, because I've never found anything that dealt with that. So I went, and I came back changed, because I was adopted. What happened in that conference was that I was helped to lose my feeling of, of abandonment and also my anger with my mothers. And so I came back and I was a different person and I started doing the washing up and helping Louise. <laughs> so we have to say now, because Mike was type A personality and he became type B personality uh, because I think he'd lost maybe some of the drive, but also that the, the, the stuff we always hear in, in sessions about abandonment, mm. loss, and, and well, what? And yeah, we hold, on, we hold yeah. on to trauma so long, it, we don't know that it, it's there, and especially yeah. when you don't address it. Uh, you know, again, I can yeah. know from my experiences just by releasing it, I feel like a different person. Every time I find something else, a trigger, I release it. You really are. It's like holding on to that rope too tight. It feels so good when you let go. Yeah. Yeah. So what what happened then? Well, first of all, Mike's now he's like he's like a, a well he comes in and says, "Have you got any whitewashing today?" 
<laughs> which is a real pleasure for me because I don't bother about that. Um, so the, what happened then is that it enabled us, we'd been searching for decades for Mike's adopted mother and we'd received a, a, a letter in... Ooh, About 10 years before. 10 years before, which said we, the, that she was in America and that she'd been found, but it wasn't the right time for her to engage. And one of the, I think, remarkable things in about the changing energy, the changing in, in, in feelings, was that it enabled, I think, the release of that abandonment, enabled us to find Mike's half-brother, who by... I can't say it's an accident, turned out to be a professor of, of, of psychology. Psychology <laughs> and, and, and neuroscience. Who had spent 47 years researching the hippocampus. And so we, and, and was in Utah in, in America. So we, we, we actually, as, as soon as we found him, we made a trip to Utah and, discovered again I don't think it's a coincidence that we'd named our daughters the same name that we were driving the same car and actually we just and your name your religious name and my religious name my my Hebrew name Leah is the same name as his wife so it it it's um, a bit of yeah, synchronicity. Well, in the there world, are no accidents in life. I, I'm yeah, learning that more and more. How the universe stuff going and on. We, and, and me and Ray look exactly the same, only I'm taller than him. Yeah. <laughs> Which for me, and I've always been short, <laughs> it was really lovely when his daughter said, thank you for some, bringing some height into the family. <laughs> Mike's about five foot seven. Yep. So. Five. Oh, oh, he's shrunk. He's five foot five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that that you know, that's part of opening the universe and and witnessing significant Wait, things happening. It really changed life for us. It was so lovely. Yeah. Um, and Lou set up a a a group. Everybody was relatively new to Haven. Oh, yeah. And it enabled people who were either in training or were doing it to discuss what they discovered. Oh, and we yes. did, in fact, contribute to most of the modalities that are now in Havening. So what, So what if I can explain, it's actually this, tomorrow, Monday, um, we're celebrating the seventh anniversary of the London Havening Practice Group. And it was set up exactly for those reasons, because... Uh, it's a new modality, people coming from very different backgrounds, and it's a way of sharing, learning, supporting one another. And so so I'm looking very much looking forward to tomorrow and the skills that we, you know, that we are enjoying in sharing with, with our community here. Um, uh, the, we started it off at the Royal College of General Practitioners in the UK, which is a very posh building. And Mike subsidized the first probably the best part of the first year because it the, the room hire costs there were are really quite high um but then we continued to you know to to meet regularly and really enjoy the hands-on sharing of 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 havening but we also learned that when you you arrange a meeting for 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. that it actually starts by about 6:30 and it 
you finish by 11 because people <laughs> take so long to say hello and hugs and, um, and, and so on. Say goodbye yeah, as and well. Say goodbye hugs yeah. that it takes a lot longer than, uh, than you imagine sometimes. Yeah, I remember that uh, we had uh, the Long Island group, right? So uh, when I first started Havening, we had the Long Island group, uh, which Scott Tolchin uh, had generously used, uh, allowed us to use his house. And, you know, we, we modeled it after your your practice group, you know, as we were all beginning. I mean, that was the beginning stages of, of the exposure of Havening and how it, it could have grown a lot differently than it has. Uh, I think advantage it- is your practice group has helped so many people learn and feel that safe space. I mean, that's what part of havening is, right? Creating that safe haven for right. ourselves to then heal and finding what needs to be healed, either through working with somebody else or I really enjoy self-havening. I like doing that deep, scary dive into the closets of our, our mind uh, as we spoke uh, uh, during movies. That's what's always been triggered me uh, is just having those conversations and I then realize so many m- more things. How have you brought out things because I know you also work with uh you've worked with veterans right we Malika was one of our was what was yeah. the veterans person but you also yeah. have done a bunch of uh before covid presentations with the London police yeah i i i don't want to say too much about that cuz it is it's a very discreet service the reality is it it started because of of me treating two police officers who were significantly uh, struggling and one of those police officers introduced me to a, a, a somebody who's in a position to be able to an, a, engage the service and that's been going on for 18 months now it, it started off as a pilot but it's continued and the, the results speak for themselves yeah no i remember i uh, when we we had that We've only had one Havening Day related to veterans' work. Uh, that was in 2016. And I remember coordinating and then working with a bunch of veterans. And from there, I had gotten a lot of connections, even though I still connected. And I know a lot of other Haveners also connect with veterans. I know Marianne, our friend Marianne Libretto works with a lot of veterans and things like that. It's amazing yeah. when you can help a veteran who – where at the beginning we were working with a lot of the Vietnam veterans who had had this trauma for 50-plus years. And overnight, I remember talking to the one gentleman. I followed up with the one gentleman. I became friends with him for a while. He goes, I don't know what you guys did, and I would continue working with him a little bit. And he's like, I don't know what you guys did, but I can sleep now. I haven't slept in 40 years. Absolutely. I I mean, that is the power that reminds me of, 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 a, of, a, of one of the people I ended up treating. We, we were, we were, we were in in. Uh, we'd gone to a meeting to try and set up some veteran stuff, and we were due to leave the meeting. The meeting went on far longer than it was supposed to. It's a tendency to talk. Um, and we had a train to catch to get back to London. Um, we were just leaving. And one of the guys there said, can you help my mate? He came in on crutches. And I said, well, we've really got to go, but what's the problem? And he told me that he'd been shot in, in I think, in the knee, as far as ankle. I know. Ankle, in the ankle. Um, and that, that was 20 years ago in Northern Ireland. And that he'd, and that he'd, um, he'd, he'd been in lots of 
pain, well, he'd been in continuous pain since. And he'd been to see an orthopedic surgeon who'd said, well, if you want, we can amputate your foot. And I was horrified when I heard that. Absolutely horrified. Made me say, okay, we've got to do something. And what, I mean, this, this young man had, had said he would prefer his foot amputated wow. rather than continue with the pain. And Mike did a really speedy havening. And at the end of that, it was remarkable. Well, we, we know the remarkable stuff happens, but it, you can never fail to be touched it by it when you when you see it. I, I love he, hearing the stories. Yeah, he he stood up, walked to the the window of the room, and started. Flat, he, he said, "I can't do squats," and he did a squat, <laughs> and he was like, "Where's the pain gone?" and he was pain free for the first time in a long time and we know that that continued for a while but he also had access to other support uh, from Malika after after that session yeah Malika, so, yeah Malika was great and uh, you know I, I still keep in touch with her and I mean she's the one who also uh, supported that the breakfast clubs in, in in the UK I remember the breakfast clubs and I'd spoken to Derek Hartman who eventually where it was able to have spoke uh, to the parliament. I'm not sure. Yes, I remember yes. he, he's the first person who mentioned havening to a legislative body. Uh, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and you yeah. know, I, you know, I, every now and then I've tried to reach out to Derek to try to get him on the show as well because of all the stories that he had. And you know, yeah, he he was an engine, a retired engineer, veteran engineer, and he, and, and of course we also started the introduction with Malika started the introduction of using color havening then as using color as a metaphor and 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 did a a, a I think it was a 12 14 week initial pilot with with I think about a dozen yep. veterans and they were so bowled over by the results they came to the next um, conference, conference. Yeah. all in uniform and, and they called I'm going to swear now they called havening that havening voodoo shit yep <laughs> yep that's yeah. exactly that's exactly what they called it I remember talking because yeah, they couldn't understand how it how it worked so there's lots of you know lots of areas lots of areas I'm, I'm actually in discussion at the moment with a uh, a university to see if it is possible exploring the possibility of getting havening into school of nursing and looking at not only self-care and, and supporting resilience in these in strange times but also looking at care of the dying and you know, looking at introducing to the midwifery school as well so that i mean that is a project for for the next year yeah i'm glad to see that you're not doing anything just sitting home and doing nothing uh you know. <laughs> but, well no we've supported we've supported a midwife oh well, well we know we know alison alison shallow who is who's doing phenomenal things with birth trauma and well you need to interview alison separately i think for her story it was a remarkable one okay. well yeah, yeah i'm gonna open this up you know, the yeah. podcast, I'd love to hear more stories. I mean, that's really what I want to do is make sure everybody has resources, not only Havening, uh, which I think is, is one of the best, because you could do it yourself. That's the, the beauty, and that's really what I'm going to be talking about. It's funny you mentioned about color Havening, because I use that all the time for myself, and I, I remember that from the beginning, 
the big push yeah. on color and and art and things like that. And when when Donna last year presented art, and then other people, you know, the way ha- Havening was, and that's how she made people the uh, veterans feel comfortable. You know, Malika yeah. uh, with the color, right? Color. There's a lot of different ways. I mean, uh, without color havening, I might not have been able to assist one person where they normally ask us to do numbers, right? You know, we're counting down numbers. And I was working with somebody who was an accountant who was like, you're freaking me out. And I, I was like, okay, how about colors? And we, we, we started just working on colors and, and, and clouds. And there's so many different ways to go. It's not any one ownership of it. And nobody's created it uh, other than Ron, and and even Ron admits some of this has to do with the tapping, you know, the the understanding yeah. of tapping and how our bodies work. Uh, really interestingly, absolutely, it, it is interesting. I've just been listening to a, a program called Proven, and they put tapping as number one in their in their first. They went through a series like meditation and <laughs> and. Uh, mindfulness and so on. They put tapping as number one. And I thought, it's a pity they don't know about Havening. Yet. <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah that, that's... But the is that what the, it's called proven because they're quoting scientific papers that prove that these particular methodologies work. Yeah. And we're a bit deficit in that. We've got, we've got two published papers yeah. only. Yeah. So Kirsty Hodgson, genius um, researcher, led the London group in in the research that was published last September mm-hmm. in the impact of havening on type D personalities, which shows significant effects. So that was tre- treatment for 60, 40 of the treatment and non-treatment, six, sorry, start again, yeah, treatment 60, 60. and um Waitlist clients, and then using cortisol and saliva, cortisol and blood pressure measurements to look at the impact at twenty four hours and four weeks after after havening, and, and looking at the the incredible impact. But importantly, they did a resilience score before and after, and the D type personalities had a fantastic increase in their in their resilience. Which, which has got really, which is really significant if you think about illness in general, because if you can improve people's resilience, then they're less likely to be ill, and they're less likely to find the illness incapacitating. Mm. So I think I think that was a really important bit of research, mm. and it, it proved what we knew: it lowered blood pressure. It lowered cortisol levels. In other words, you move from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic state. Um, and that's been published. That's peer-reviewed and that's been published. And, so, and there was an earlier, an earlier uh, paper where about 25, I think they were veterans, most of them, no, well, certainly people Paul, in the Paul, army. Paul's, Paul's paper. No, no, they were set. They were um, health service from King's College. That was health service workers who were uh, um, in off sick. Right. Yeah. So, Which again, but the, those those papers are available the, on the on the yeah. on the on the havening.org site. So they're they're able for people to have a look at if they're interested. Yeah, I'll put that one as as one of the links, especially uh, since we've spoken about it. Um, 
Now, I've taken a lot of your time, and I don't want to. I know you're always busy and you carved out uh, between moving and, and all the other things that you're doing in clients and uh, in your retired life. Uh, let, let's just really remind people that they do more now probably between the when they're able to travel and uh, all the other helping things. But I, I, I always ask, so there's, I always say there's an R in your heart because there is, right? In the word heart, there's the word R. So could you give me a, a positive word uh, for R that starts with R? So what's an R in your heart? Oh, my goodness. Michael, have to go first. Use the language. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, the um, R in my heart. Well, I know the word resilience is used a lot. I mean, there's certainly, for me, a sense of resilience and responsibility as well. Awesome. Responsibility. Yes, I think responsibility. In fact, it's response. Yep. It's response. It's the response that people have to havening. And the other thing I haven't said, and I, I think we should say, self-havening, you can deal with an awful lot of things that occur to you, right? right? Personal things. That's what... Like I, if, if, I get, if I get a runny nose, I have myself for a dry nose, and I have a dry nose. Oh, so the, as an end, my, my, our sister-in-law... This is sort of slightly funny, but it, it's sad at the same time because she passed away just before the lockdown here in, and after a year ago, after yeah. four years of significant and awful illness. But she was upset because she was going to the loo. This was in, on, a, on a cruise. On a, we were on a cruise. She was going to the toilet every every two hours in the night. So Mike just asked her to Haven pee less. <laughs> And it seemed to work remarkably rather that, you know, so that less is okay because it doesn't put an injunction to, you know, for a, for a frame on it. So it could be less in any capacity. So um, it, that worked too. Our <laughs> minds, our, our minds are so powerful and, yeah. and, and things like that. So again, I don't want to take too much of your time. So the R word I want to use, especially related to you guys, and it's not just because you're in the UK, you really are havening royalty and you guys oh! are just... <laughs> Oh, David. You guys really are just amazing. And I thank you again so much for my friendship with you and the knowledge that you've done. You've explained a little bit more about Havening, about your roles in Havening. And we've brought a whole bunch of other people. That's what Havening does. It does really open up so many ways, pathways in our mind, but also so many friendships. And you're definitely one of those people that I thank the universe for bringing us together. That's beautiful. Well, thank thank you. you, David. Us, thank us you, too. That was a total pleasure. All right, Ed, so we're going to end this episode right now. And just remember, make sure that we find peace and love in our lives because that's really important. But also when you need to take a stand and you bring a bat, it's a nonviolent bat. Make sure you find your sweet spot and have a great day. And if you can, check out the Havening Conference because you're going to hear people like Louise and Mike and amazing stories of some of the top people in the world. Thank you. I am really glad that you're enjoying the show, and I hope you follow us on all the podcast hosting sites, as well as Facebook, Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Or you can follow me, Uncle Dave, David Chemetsky, at Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, and www.davidchemetsky.com. I also would enjoy for you to contact me if you want to just have some feedback. You need somebody to talk to. 
at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. Well, my friends, today's journey has come to a close. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember the peace and love surround you that will assist you to rise again. And don't forget to bring a bat for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.